London, one of the world's most historic and beautiful cities, and the location of Mission X 2012. Mind the gap and join NASA Edge as they webcast live from the Cumberland School in East London as kids from around the world train like an astronaut. Very important interviews today, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So I need to run down a few things. Okay. Give me your best question that you're going to ask about Mission X. My best question about yeah. Mission X? Yeah. Is this serious? I mean, should I do we, you seriously uh, want to know? What's your best question, your best question you're going to ask my about Mission best X? Question about Mission X is on an effectiveness scale. Okay. If I were in middle school, would I become interested in math, science, technology, and engineering? Interesting. Judges, what do you think? Two. Three. Okay. All right, we're going to try this again because that's out of ten. That right. wasn't good Honestly, enough? Honestly, that was two and three, so um, we've got to do this again. So, uh, Does Mission X have any possibility of helping us understand the food pyramid better? Two? Two. One. You're hurting me, man. What are you doing? Because you got to realize, the food pyramid is just to the United States. Uh, okay. the, uh, I'm sorry. Right, what everyone is else doesn't use the food pyramid. What is so. it? The, the food obelisk? Okay, let's try another one. Okay, try another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need another of the same question? That's, okay. Uh, well, obviously you've given two okay. bad questions based okay. on the judging. All right, all right, all right, so good question. Um, in one month, in which month, which month does a Mission X student actually <laughs> show progress in the program? <laughs> two, one, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, we're gonna have to go ahead and uh, get back to you guys later on these questions. Uh, Those are very <laughs> legitimate questions. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I like the foodopolis, but that's... Welcome to NASA EDGE. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. At the Cumberland School in East London. For Mission X 2012. Train like an astronaut. And I gotta tell you, I'm really excited to be back in the school environment again. I tell you, if we had something like this back home, this indoor track facility, oh, I'd be here every day. I might have actually grown up an athlete, which would be nice. <laughs> now, Nubia, we've worked on this for a while, but tell me, how did you get involved and how did the whole Mission X uh, TLA activities come about? Well, first of all, we wanted to make very motivating, inspiring activities. And we wanted them to connect them to space, as well as we were very concerned with the obesity in youth. So we got, we got together, and with that in mind, we created Mission X Train Like an Astronaut. Now, Jamil, you're an astronaut trainer. Yeah, that's correct. Working with astronauts on a daily basis, what a cool job that is. Absolutely. And you were instrumental in working on the physical side of the activities, weren't you? Yes, I was. Now, tell, take us to a run-through of all those type of activities that you developed. Well, the activities that we have uh, work on agility, muscle endurance, muscle strength, same things that we do with the astronauts. And they're all based on activities that I actually have performed with the astronauts. Okay. They're being modified with the help of educators such as Nubia uh, and other educators have been inside. We work together in trying to get the, the children to be healthy, physically right. active, nutrition, better nutrition, and then through all that, train like an astronaut. And, and not only from the physical side, but Nubia, from the classroom side, in terms of the science, uh -huh. you've developed some activities that kids can do in the classroom. Yes, this is the science behind the physical activities. We have four of them. Three were created by NASA, and one was created by ESA. But we're not only talking about nutrition, which we do, 
but we also touch into their physical, such as bone mass, we talk about muscle, and hydration. Even someone with my physique, I could actually participate uh, in some of these classroom activities? Uh, of course, anybody can participate. You have to be inspired to be an astral, that's all. Oh, well I got that in spades. <laughs> Jeremy, what is it about uh, sports science and athleticism and nutrition that you want to get across to kids? Well, the thing that we've always found in the past is it's really easy to get kids interested in science and technology using space. Mm -hmm. But here was an opportunity to get the kids that aren't really that interested in science and technology to understand a bit more about the background to it. So I think this is one of those rare examples of a fantastic crossover between different parts of the school curriculum. Rather than going into the school and saying, here we have something that will help you to teach a little bit of physics, they can't use it in anything else. So you go in, you do it once, and that's it finish. With this, they can work it into activities across the school for weeks and weeks, and we've had schools that have done all sorts of other activities too. They've had community events, they've come up with menus for astronauts, they've done music, they've done literature, they've done art. It's fantastic for reaching a lot of different areas. So exactly, we want to get all those kids who may only be interested in one aspect to learn about all the others as a result of the excitement of space. Now, has there been a way that the, um, the UK Space Agency can measure the effectiveness of this Mission X program? That's really difficult, but what we can do is we can see how many people took part last year, which was about 500 in the UK, and how many have taken part this year, which is about 4,000. So we've already gone up by one order of magnitude in one year. Um, if we do the same again next year, then we may find that we've bitten off more than we can chew, but we certainly plan to keep expanding it. And if teachers tell us, as they have done, that it works for them, then that's good enough for me. How important was it to have the Olympics and Mission X all kind of going on at the same time? Did it drive more attention to your cause? Yes, certainly. I mean, this is one of the things that um, we discussed with the international group. Last year we had a big meeting and discussed where we wanted to hold the first international Mission X event. And everybody agreed that the Olympics was the perfect place to do it in London in 2012. So that's why we're here now. We think it's helping a lot um, and it's very easy to explain how the two things link together um, because both of them are about improving performance, doing the best you can and understanding how fitness and diet work together. What about for bigger guys like myself? What about them? Can we? Can is there a program now here that can you know help? You me can sleep? take part too. Can, I, I, it doesn't well, prevent you from taking part just because we're aiming it at kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not for kids. So adults can also learn. Absolutely. Well, we've got this week um, the parents and teachers of a lot of the kids from around the world joining us here in London taking part in activities and we're going to make sure that the parents are involved too if we possibly can. So yeah, they'll be given a chance to get some exercise too. Now how did uh, ESA get involved in Mission X? Well, ESA was involved in the collaboration uh, during the initial um, pilot scheme, the pilot of Mission X. And after that, really, it was just a matter of taking it on with the rest of the uh, 20 member state countries. And, and in the past, how have the kids been responding? I and mean, this has been a momentum building uh, activity? Yes, because I, I think what you find is that as soon as the kids start getting involved with what they're doing, it's not just learning about healthy food and about nutrition and exercise. It's about team building. It's about getting to know each other, learning things from 
children from other countries. It becomes an international affair. And as a result, of course, that just lends itself to a whole new excitement. And that's one of the things that's been really exciting for us as we've been here at the school and in London this week. Huge diversity of students from all different kinds of cultures and backgrounds, mm -hmm. all doing the same activities, all performing quite well. Very exciting to see. Now, where do you envision Mission X 2012 in the out years, next year and the year beyond? Just getting bigger and bigger. Now, how many students uh, from, from uh, Europe participated? Uh, well, from the, from, the, from the European side, I'm not absolutely 100%, but I think there's nearly 10,500 students. Wow. wow. Yeah. And do uh, you, you think you'll double that next year? Well, we hope so. <laughs> you know what'll be interesting is when eventually, down the year, years out, when we can actually identify the first astronaut in the real astronaut corps, either NASA or ESA, that actually participated in a Mission X event. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool, yeah. I understand that you've gone through uh, one of the activities so far this morning. Uh, explain to me what you did. Well, it's called building an astronaut school, where it's like doing a push-up, but when you go on the ground, you have to hold your fish straight and just hold it for one minute. And how long did you hold it for? Um, for one minute and 30 seconds. One minute and 30 seconds, that's pretty long. Yep. You know, building an astronaut's car is one of the activities and, and, and exercises that astronauts have to go through uh, to become an astronaut. So uh, do you think you might want to be an astronaut one day? Well, maybe. You like sports? Yep. What's your favorite sport? Um, football. Football, are you any good? Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of the best. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> but we're here with an ESA astronaut, European Space Agency astronaut, Paolo Nespoli. It's so exciting to be here. Hello, hello everybody. It's very nice. Actually, it's a very nice place here. Now, tell us about uh, your experience with Mission X. Mission X, uh, yes. Um, uh, mission has started uh, about a year ago. I was in space uh, and we kicked it off and uh, we was up there. I was trying to do my part, you know, train like an astronaut. I've been doing that for quite some, some, uh, some many years. Of course. And, uh, and nothing. In space, of course, uh, uh, physical fitness, uh, uh, nutrition uh, are very important. And uh, we try to practice this uh, train like an astronaut and it worked. And so the astronauts up on station or in space actually were doing similar kinds of exercise? Absolutely. I mean, we were doing uh, two hours of physical fitness exercise per day because in space so, uh, the muscle don't work anymore, the heart doesn't pump anymore the, the same way it does on Earth. So we, we ended up, uh, actually we do a protocol that is, uh, requires uh, us to do about an hour of cardiovascular exercise per day, which means uh, bicycle or uh, uh, a tapirulan, a, uh, what's it called uh, in English? I forgot. Treadmill. A treadmill. treadmill. That's what it is. You know, I get confused with all these languages sometimes. <laughs> uh, and then, I do too, and I only know one language. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, there we go. And then uh, uh, we do another hour or uh, resistive exercise. We do okay. weights in space, which is quite interesting because now you're in a weightless environment and you do weights, but there is a machine that actually allows you to do that so you can compress uh, your muscles and make them work even in space. Hey, you've been on station. Uh, and how many days were you on station? 159 days, that was the last uh, okay, long duration mission. Okay, that's a long time. So when you returned back to Earth, how long did it take you to get back into your, your pre-condition? It's actually interesting because on the ground, while on training, you do not train every day. You train okay. like three times a week, more or less. And then in space, you actually train three, uh, every single okay. day. Okay. And so 
strangely enough, you come back and from a physical fitness point of view, you are even more fit or fitter than when you when you oh, went wow. up. Okay, though, I gotta go. Though, 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 <laughs> oh. this is the trick. Though the muscle don't work in the same way, uh, the the um, spine elongates, okay. uh, so the muscle have a different uh, a center point. So I, I kind of find myself kind of shaking. Uh, and, and, and it takes a little bit before everything settles down again. Now, do you have, uh, when, you, when you're working out in space, do you have a set program each day? Does, does uh, NASA provide you or ESA provide you with a, a regimen? We do have uh, trainers. They work with us uh, for, for the years before. Uh, usually the, the mission training is about a two, two and a half years. And during this period, with your trainers on the ground, you develop uh, a program. Then you go in space and you continue that. Of course, things are slightly different. They feel different. The yeah. machines feel different. The body feels different. So you talk continuously with your trainers on the ground, and they see the results. They come back on Earth, and we modify a little bit to adjust for these uh, changes. Is it fair to say there's a difference between when you were on station, then when you went up on STS-120 on the shuttle, in terms of your post-flight, your conditioning? You probably didn't lose as much muscle mass coming from... Well, yeah, from the, the shuttle? shuttle flight was a long flight, quote-unquote, almost one of the longest ones that the shuttle did, okay. uh, but it was 15 days. Wow. So in 15 days, uh, you actually lose a little bit, but not much. In fact, I was, I was kind of spaced out. Even <laughs> when I came back from 15 days, I could barely walk. And again, it's very subjective. You know, usually taller people have many more problems than smaller people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you will, you will uh, fare really good. <laughs> So what we're going to do is, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, a little bit of time since you've been up in space. And so what we want to do is we want to actually, actually taste some of the samples that we have here. And we're going to ask you, is it Earth food or is it space food? Hmm, you, you think you're able to? So here's what we're going to do. So the first one we're going to try, we're going okay, to try yeah. what we have. Uh, we have some scrambled, scrambled eggs. eggs. Okay. So let me see if I got it right. You yes. have two here. Two here, yes. that's correct. One is, is coming from uh, space. space. And one I mean, from Earth. Coming Earth. from space meaning what? Coming well, from Mars? Well, Something was grown well, on Mars? Well, you're actually eating it on station. Ah, <laughs> it's the food that we take out in space. That's right. And then the other packet is something you would buy at a store at a local supermarket. All this has been approved by mothers around the world. That, uh, so I'll, I'll hold your microphone. All right, yeah, go ahead there. This looks pretty the same. Does it bring it? Is it bringing back some memories, some yes. sense actually, memory? Yes, actually, really, really. Okay. Yes, it okay. does. Um, All right. Well, let's, okay. let's try this okay. one, and then let's right. see. Uh, let's try number two. Think. This also eggs for our audience. So, which one is this? The space food, or I think that was the space food. This one. Okay. All right. Okay. Very no, good. That's, that's now, correct. Now, do, do, are we going to wait till the end? No, and, no, we have to tell what we okay, want. Okay, right. that's correct. Okay, so, that's, he's got one point. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go to the next one. Uh, one of the things is that for some reason, space food uh, is a little bit more tastier than the other one. And you know, you know why? No. No. It's because uh, the theory is that when you are in space for a long time, you actually lose some of the capabilities of uh, taste food. Can't so they, they pump up a little bit uh, on the flavor. So when you're there for a long time, you can still feel you're eating something instead of eating cardboard. And that one tastes much, much more than the other one. I mean, I would, I would prefer this on Earth. Okay. But I, am, I, I feel that is the space That one, has so. like a nostalgia moment for it, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Let's, try, let's try one more. Tomato basil soup. 
Yes. It was my preferred, and I don't even need to. to oh, it's that one. Wait, wait. He, he is it's that one. Tomato <laughs> basil soup. I ate it so much. Non-tasting so moment. Yes. So much. I mean, okay. Here's just, just confirmation. Just confirmation. But, but, but he's already made his decision. He's right? made yes, his decision, yes, but yes. just for confirmation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's that's that's a no-brainer, right? Brings back good memories. Okay. Very wait, good. Wait, wait, wait. From home or from space? From space. space okay. Space. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> All right. That's actually, that's actually, Blair made that. that we so, did, that's uh, why he didn't a, bring up brands. He clearly, okay, okay, so now, the last one moving here. on to the last this one. This one doesn't... Uh, Boy, he won't even... Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that cannot be space food. <laughs> oh, interesting. And, and why would that be? Too, too saucy? This is uh, rehydrated. <laughs> yeah. This is it. <laughs> All right, here we well, go. Okay, okay well, sorry. you've actually... Um, space, space. Okay. Space, 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 space. Okay, this is the space tray. That's the earthbound tray. Very good. What are you looking forward to doing today as far as the activities are concerned? Um, I'm looking forward to meeting lots of different children from all around the world. And they, we do have a good delegation of kids here uh, from around the world. Are, there, are, there, are a lot of the students that are involved in Mission X, do they want to become astronauts someday? For JAXA? For, for JAXA? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, would JAXA be willing to consider a non-Japanese person to be an astronaut like myself? You? <laughs> you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that says it all right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunate. I can't even go cross I want to be an NASA astronaut. Oh, <laughs> there you, there you see, go. If you can be a NASA astronaut, maybe I could be a JAXA. We could do an astronaut exchange right. program. Ah, uh, that's a good idea. Oh, see, redemption. There you go. Come back, push the ball to the middle. Push the ball to the middle, next man sprint. Let's go. Push, run, run, young man. Get out of there. Let's go. Yes, we're here with Jane Connor, who works with the National Health Service in East London. And you're involved with this program called a Health Legacy Program. What, what exactly is a Health Legacy? It's a program that is trying to ensure that the people, the communities who've hosted the games this year, actually over the longer term will benefit from the investment that we've had in the games. Because the Olympics have got this slogan about faster, stronger, higher. Well, actually the reality for a lot of people, adults and children in this area, is that their health is not very good, their incomes are low, and their environment isn't so great. And so the National Health Service, along with other partners wants to use the investment in the games to actually transform the situation for people who live here and, and create real long-term benefits and at the heart of that is actually improving people's health and well-being. Now take me back a little bit and beginning when they hadn't even decided on London East London in particular was an area that was kind of run down or, or uh, yes. impoverished? Yes, impoverished. It, it, it's, its history is of, of industry and, and, and the docks, but actually a lot of those industries had declined, very high levels of unemployment. And in fact, actually the area's been very similar for the last uh, 100 years. It's been the poorest part of London and some of the poorest parts of the, of the United Kingdom. Well now, how did uh, health services get involved in this whole process? Well, it became clear from around 2000 that there was a serious um, discussion going on about having the Olympic Games in London, that London would make a, a proper bid for the Games. And we thought, well, if you're going to have the Games, why don't you have it in a place where you can make 
the biggest impacts and the biggest biggest change. So the National Health Service, along with the local government in East London, we lobbied right from the start of around 2000 to say the game should be in East London. And we pointed out there's a massive opportunity because the land exists in East London because of all these old industries. That's a very good point. So we said, let's pull together a bid that very clearly says we're going to use the Olympic Games to physically and socially transform uh, transform the area. So we're going to use the Olympics to drive forward regeneration of this very poor, deprived part of London. So now if, if I were able to somehow retire and move to London, uh, East London in particular, 10 years from now, then I would have great uh, training facilities to keep up this incredible physique I've got going. You would have indeed. You'd have world-class sports and physical yeah. activity facilities but also you'd have the biggest new park in Europe for 100 years. So you would have open space, you'd have a place where you could walk, where you could run, where you could jog, where you could cycle. You'd have much better connectivity throughout the area. And also you'd have long-term jobs created. So you'd have, even if you'd retired, there'd be jobs perhaps <laughs> for your children or oh, your, <laughs> your grandchildren as well. Uh, first of all, I was reading a little bit about you. You are a Commonwealth gold medal winner in the 100 meter. No, actually, uh, I am, yes, a uh, gold medal, but in the 4x100 meter relay. So we won as a team event um, for England, and that was 2010, yeah. So that was my first big gold medal, so it's really something special to me. I've also read where you are called or considered or are the fastest woman in the UK. Is that right? Yes, I am. Uh, I broke the British record in 2008, um, like day before my graduation, which was like uh, about three weeks before the Olympic, the Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. So now I'm the, I'm the British record holder. The fastest woman? Yes, the fastest woman ever. Don't forget the ever. <laughs> the fastest woman ever. I, do you have a little story about being the fastest woman ever or running into people who don't know you're the fastest woman? Yeah, all the time. Uh, like My mom told everyone. She'll tell people at the supermarket. And actually, um, I moved to the States to train out for a few months. And earlier on in the year, and I was in Ross in the States trying to get my bits together for my apartment. Mm -hmm. And had met another a guy who does triathlon and was talking to him for like 20 minutes. And I got to the counter, about to pay for my stuff. And he literally stands there with his, I think it was the iPhone, Googles me and like shouts across, the, shouts across in front of the queue. There's like 20 five people now staring at me he was like I didn't know you were the fastest woman in Britain you didn't tell me that and I was like well you didn't ask <laughs> if it was that and I get that all the time and people always ask me are you fast and I don't really want to say yeah I'm the fastest woman ever I just kind of just say yeah I'm, I'm okay I was going I'm okay that's very modest I'm, I'm humble <laughs> I am really humble my mom told me not to think she needs to be a bit more you know but I've been I've been raised that way and, I, and, and, I, and sometimes I almost forget that I'm the British for good holder to be fair and I'm just trying to improve myself every year and and try and push myself to, to be better and that's 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 the approach that I take on it but you are the fastest I am the fastest yeah <laughs> We're very happy to have everybody. It's been a great partnership. Everybody's looking forward to the next generation to get them healthier. Uh, and it's something that is needed around fitness, nutrition. And you had the theme of human spaceflight, and it is a dream come true. So I'm very proud to be part of this. My team has worked hard alongside of other space agencies, and we're really, really happy. 
Which is a lot of people we had to thank. Yes, that's true, but it worked hard and hopefully didn't pull anything on the rowing machine. You know, that's. <laughs> but, but no, we do have to thank a lot of people. There were so many people that made this event possible, specifically, not to mention all the people that support the program all the time, but Heather McRae and her team, everyone over here in the UK, assembling this event, working with the school, the teachers, the kids from all over that actually traveled in to participate. This was a big event, a great event, and we just want to express our gratitude and thanks to them for doing such a tremendous job. And this is, and this also is a great jumpstart for 2013. Yes. First time yes. we had a huge event like this. Let's continue that that uh, that drive and let's keep going for 2013. That's the plan, and that's what we hope to do.